So what a week this has been. The He Gets Us ad campaign played at the Super Bowl and has had everyone talking, trying to interpret its meaning. Non-Christians have ideas, Christians have objections, and the ad is saying something in of itself. Let's look at it. Let's discuss it. I have a few thoughts to share, but let's get into it. There we can start. Jesus didn't teach hate. Now, that in of itself is true. He told us to love our neighbors. But what I do see in this ad is a message that's being communicated. And I'm not sure if this is their intent. But when we look at visual arts, we are going to get different meanings depending on our backgrounds, who the viewer, the observer is, is going to draw his conclusions. So when we have a minute long ad being shown to the world, we better be sure to make a good use of the time to make sure that we're communicating the right message is going to be received in the intended manner. So I'm not going to judge intent as many people are, but I am going to share about what I see. And so we're seeing a lot of people who are being washed, people who are, I guess, unpopular, people who are immigrants, people who are trying to get an abortion. And we hear he gets us, he doesn't hate us. Yes, but there is more to that message. See, when you look at Christ and you see what he did when he got people, in other words, when he served them, when he was among the people who were the outcasts, who when he healed the lame, you know, John 5, 14, he says, go and sin no more to the woman caught in adultery. In John 8, 11, to the man who was healed of his infirmity, he said, now go and sin no more, lest something worse happens to you. Matthew 7, 19, he says, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. John 13, 10, he says, and you are clean to his disciples, but not all of you. Speaking of Judas. So he washes the feet of Judas as well and the disciples. And he declares something about that. So he's not just washing feet. He's making a declaration of the need for repentance, the need for living as one who has now been cleaned. We have to understand that his way of showing love was not to cheer on our sin, but it was in fact to love us into freedom to repent of our sin. Now, I would like to talk about two Christian objections that I've seen floating around about this ad. Now, the first is that Jesus only washed the feet of his disciples. He didn't wash the feet of sinners, other people around. The second objection I want to talk about is Judas wasn't actually washed. 
that Jesus didn't wash his feet. Now, I'm going to go for that one first here tonight. So the argument goes that Judas had already left when Jesus decided to start washing the disciples feet. It was at the supper when Jesus handed the dipped bread to Judas. So after Judas receives the bread, he goes out into the night to plot Jesus' crucifixion. He doesn't stay for the feet washing. He didn't stay after supper. Okay, so I think to figure out the truth behind this, we just need to look at the chronological order of how things went. So we see in the biblical account that supper concludes. This word for supper being ended can also mean uh, supper is coming to its latter part. In fact, in the ESV, it'll say even during supper, because this word used here in the Greek is not uh, emphatically always going to mean supper has ended, as it says there in in the King James. But regardless, we see in verse 10, and Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. Interesting. So we see that we have supper coming to a slower pace. Now Jesus starts washing their feet and he declares that, hey, not all of you are completely clean. So he's speaking to the disciples and Judas apparently as well, because he's referring to one of them that is not completely clean as he is washing them. He says in verse 11, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. And then he says in verse 12, when he had washed their feet, put on his outer garments, resumed his pace, his place, he said to them, do you not understand what I had done to you? Okay, so now he's resumed his place. So, so it goes like this. He, they had supper. He washes their feet. Then he resumes his place at the table now where they had just had supper. Okay, and then we see verse 21. After saying the things, Jesus was troubled, said, I say to you, one of you will betray me. He, and they looked to one another. And then ultimately in verse 26, he whom I give this morsel of bread, when I've dipped it, when he dips, he gave it to Judas, and Judas is the one who's shown to be the betrayer. Some believe that Judas didn't stay for the feed washing because he left after supper before the feed washing took place. But the biblical account establishes the following, that they were concluding supper, then Jesus washed their feet, and thereafter returned to the table where the morsel was given to Judas and only thereafter did Judas leave the men. Judas was washed by the Messiah. But now here's the other part of the argument that I've just been seeing thrown around a lot, even more so, is that when we look at all of these accounts of people being washed in this ad, People say, well, well, Jesus only washed the feet of his disciples. He did not wash the feet of sinners. He did not wash the feet of anyone else. And, and I want us to think about where that comes from. Why do we say that? Why do we put that premise forth? Now, it is true in the text that that the example was given to his disciples and the purpose of him giving this is told to us in the scriptures. He says, I have given you an example 
that you should do as I have done to you, that you should wash feet as I am washing your feet. That is the purpose of him telling them and showing them this. The purpose of him showing them this was not for them to ask, well, who is it that I should wash feet of? When you think about Jesus teaching on loving your neighbor, the first thing that happens is people start asking him, well, who's my neighbor? They're missing the point completely of the statement of loving your neighbor. They're trying to make excuses as to whom that is that is to be loved. The act of washing someone's feet is an act of loving your neighbor. And Jesus did way more radical things than washing the feet of people. He got on the cross and died for us while we were still sinners. In other words, to die, to literally lay your life down. There is no greater show of love and humility than to do one such thing, to lay your life down for a friend. Now, Jesus did that for enemies. He did that for sinners whom had not repented yet. And in the washing of feet, he did it for not just his brothers, but for his betrayer for his greatest enemy, perhaps, arguably, the one whom was even worse than the sinners and tax collectors he was with in other scenarios. The sinners and tax collectors that he was with in other, at other times were people who, some of whom repented when they saw his love and mercy and his call to repentance. Judas, having dined with him, having feasted with him, having been his disciple, but yet now betraying him, despite all of that, is the one who not just rejects repentance, but actually becomes an opponent, an adversary to the cross, to the gospel and, and God himself. So Judas is if Jesus washes the feet of Judas, he's washing the feet of the worst of the worst. So to say, well, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. He didn't wash the feet of other people. Well, Judas was among his disciples and Judas was worse than many of the other people. So let's not try and and try and and make excuses to try and kind of get out of it. Like, hey, when when we're trying to look at the ad and say, well, there's something wrong with the ad, there are things wrong with the ad. But when we come now and further misrepresent Christ as to say, well, Jesus washed the feet of disciples, but no one else. No, Jesus in his character did even greater things for others. All right. So we have to communicate that. I believe that the ad is inadequate in its explanations of the message of the gospel because it had a great opportunity to show the message, but it did not show a complete message. And when you go onto the website of he gets us, you search, you will not find the gospel message. If I looked for the gospel, if I looked for do I need to repent, if I looked for any of these things, none of that would be explained to me. And that's the website everyone is pushed to go to from this. ad. I wish that the creators would go further to actually proclaim the gospel as a whole. But I also wish for my Christian brothers and sisters to be careful in their response to this inaccuracy so as not to paint our Messiah in the wrong brush because he was loving and he did wash the feet of sinners like Judas. And he did so without Judas needing to be clean. He, he said, in fact, Judas, you are not clean. So in that proclamation, he, he, he identified it. That was important to state because he we shouldn't he didn't want anyone to think that he is he is excusing Judas sin. Christ called out the sin of Judas. But he did wash Judas's feet, just like he comes and he washes each and every one of our feet in his bearing himself naked on a cross, 
because of our own dirt and our wickedness. He cleanses us of our dirt, puts takes it on himself, just like he washed them with his, with with his garment, if you will. He took their dirt upon himself. And that is what he has done, not just for his disciples, but for the whole world. Let's proclaim him for who he is, the king of truth that calls us to repentance and who loves us as well, whilst we were still sinners. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you in the next one. Shalom.